The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to an hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Wake up and dig in, food lovers. A very good Sunday morning to you. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. This is Cooking and Entertaining from a Chef's Point of View. And we're so glad that you'll sit down at the kitchen table and join us this morning. Good morning to you, Lana. Good morning. We're getting fresh this morning with ideas and inspiration to eat better and live better. So we hope that you will join us all throughout the hour. I love food. I love eating it and looking at it and reading it and writing about it and uh, cooking it and sharing it. And we hope that you'll check out ChefJamie.com where we're always serving up seconds. Here are four things you won't want to miss at ChefJamie.com this week. There is nothing better than one of life's true simple pleasures, and that is banana cream pie. Mm. Don't miss the recipe posted for a creamsicle martini, uh, definitely inspired by Lana's love for a creamsicle orange and vanilla goes perfectly together in a martini glass. You'll also find at ChefJamie.com the recipe of the week for a quinoa tabbouleh with cucumber ribbons, tomatoes, mint, and feta. And Lana's Cook with Lana recipe this week, a protein smoothie morning drink to get your days going. And please continue to listen as the hour continues. Coming up, you'll hear from Cooking Channel's Eat Street host, James Cunningham. He's dishing on the new season and the new cookbook they've just released that shares all of the food truck grub recipes from across the country country and from the UK that you will absolutely love. In fact, we've posted the yellow submarine yellow burger from the Miami food truck. that is a huge hit at chefjamie.com. Also, check out Facebook at Chef Jamie Gwen and you'll find some mushrooms we grew right out of a box. Oh, Thank this, you. This is incredible. Yeah, isn't it back to the roots? Thank you mm. for your innovation. Nikhil Aurora joining us live coming up. Uh, he is going to share with you their sustainable grow your own mushroom kit and wait till you hear about their next big food innovation. Plus, brewmaster Victor Novak is pairing beers with spring dishes and teaching you how to start brewing at home. We're live with you all hour, so don't touch your dial. And coming up first this morning, we thought we would supercharge your culinary knowledge. It is time for the technique of the week. It's meant to be a little something that can change your life in the kitchen big time. The not-so-secret secrets that we've found very helpful in our cooking. And this week's technique of the week is all about mastering the very best roast chicken. Now, when I think of a roast chicken, I think of Sunday supper. I think big, crisp, gloriously golden. That's a roast chicken that reigns supreme. It's a tall order, but I think it's a simple one in that timeless experimentation has achieved better chickens for all of us, right? And Lana and I have done the work for you because I have to tell you, I have eaten many a roast chicken. Now, everyone knows that Lana is my mom, and mom, you always made a very delicious roast chicken Mm. all throughout my childhood. And 
we believe every recipe has room for improvement. So over the years, I've been able to add my culinary influence, and we've had wonderful hours of cooking together and many more roast chickens. And today, we think we might have added a very necessary and juicy, delicious component to the family recipe. With Thomas Keller's inspiration, our brine just got better, and we had to share it with you. So, posted at chefjamie.com, the technique of the week is how to master the very best roast chicken. And it's all about the lemony, aromatic, herbaceous mixture of salt and honey and herbs and lemon and more. And after about 12 hours of a delightful swim, this chicken comes out of the brine so plumped and so flavorful. And I love, Lana, that you took this brine, inspired by Thomas Keller, from a fried chicken recipe and translated it to a Sunday night roast Mm. chicken. It made the chicken so very moist. It really did. I mean, mm. uh, over-the-top moist. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's lots of boosts of flavor from thyme and lemon that are added to the chicken's aroma and essence during cooking. And the high heat is definitely what I credit. The moist, juicy meat, but most especially the the crisp, scrumptious skin, too. Resting the bird is essential, no matter what chicken mm-hmm. recipe you're making, to guarantee success. So please let the chicken rest for the juices to recirculate like you would any protein that you roast for about 10 minutes before you carve the chicken and sit down to eat. Um, speaking of chicken recipes, they're the most requested recipes on the Internet statistically, so we've posted as many in our arsenal as we can find and share with you. Don't forget to buy a good roast chicken. Yeah, a good quality, yes. Natural, no antibiotics. Exactly. And if you can find air chilled, we're all about the process that removes the bleach Mm -hmm. from the cooling or chilling process of the chickens themselves. We like this European process, and you can find it at multiple markets Mm -hmm. today, but it definitely gives you a cleaner tasting bird. Mm -hmm. And a broiler chicken really works well, as well as a kosher chicken. Yes, Yeah, and you definitely want to look for a roaster as well. My suggestion to you is to err on the side of small rather than large. The same rule applies to your Thanksgiving turkey. Cooking a 22-pound bird, I don't care if you're Thomas Keller or otherwise, is not so easy. So I'd rather you roast two smaller three-and-a-half-pound chickens than one five-and-a-half. You'll get better juicy flavor. You'll get shorter cooking times. You really will benefit from the beauty of two chickens. Plus, you get leftovers for salads and sandwiches. The best part. That is the best part, right? Speaking of chicken recipes, at ChefJamie.com, you'll find our milk braised chicken with garlic and sage, um, which is one of my favorites. If you're looking to braise rather than roast, there are so many different methods you can apply here. If you're looking for a quick cook, boneless, uh, skinless chicken breasts pounded thin, and after quickly searing, are deglazed with olive oil, balsamic vinegar, and that umami flavor that comes from just a little bit of soy sauce, with a big spoonful of our In a Jam strawberry rosemary jam, mm. and you have a jammin' strawberry rosemary chicken that's done in less than 10 minutes. By the way, our jams are now available at Bristol mm-hmm. Farms, along with our ultimate vinaigrette, and we've been doing everything with jam. By the way, I glazed that lemon pound cake 
Mana, yesterday with our ginger oh, pear jam. It was fabulous. We're big it on jam. It makes it look gorgeous. That's Absolutely true. gorgeous. And if you love a, a spiced chicken, um, a burst of flavor for your upcoming spring and summer barbecues can be found in the grilled tandoori chicken recipe that was inspired by Matter Joffrey. Mm. Uh, this is a brilliant recipe, in fact, and it, too, is posted at ChefJamie.com. Just do a search for chicken. They'll all come up. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a new chicken recipe in their back pocket. Yogurt and chicken go together. They do that creamy, wonderful chill or the cool mm-hmm. that offsets the Indian spices. I love that, too. And for anyone that's eaten at Zuni Cafe in San Francisco. Oh, that, make, that makes angels sing to oh. me, just so you know. Judy Raj's recipe for roast chicken with bread salad is just one of the best chicken dishes in the world. And for those that haven't been there, you're missing out because Lana and I progressively dined most recently in San Francisco. We were at the Ferry Building. We ate and ate and ate. But we did not miss ending the night after three previous meals at Zuni for Judy's Chicken. There is nothing like this chicken. First of all, she has a a wood-fired oven that's just outrageous. And the chicken's very simple, and she's shared the recipe for years, and you can master it at home. But all the juices from the chicken soak into this bread salad at the table. Mm -hmm. And the bread has crispy edges and tender inside, and the flavors are fresh with herbs and uh, a little bit of, of acidity from the vinegar. There's something about heaven in that bowl of chicken. <laughs> it's really true. And then, you know, there's a new recipe that I found that uh, we can't wait to make. And that is a roast chicken that sits atop a bed of kimchi smashed potatoes. Mm. Now, I know that makes you, mm, doesn't it? Yes. Kimchi, all the rage, of course. We know the pickled cabbage. And if you love pickles like I do, then you love kimchi. The pickled cabbage that is all the trend actually tops these smashed, delicious potatoes, preferably Yukon gold, and then goes back in the oven so the kimchi warms through. And you use a little bit of the kimchi liquid and some olive oil in a bowl to finish the entire dish with sort of like a kimchi vinaigrette. A bitter, uh, a bitter green. Yeah, and to a, place and on top. Exactly, a bitter green to top it. So now you've got this, you know, sort of uh, umami, acidic, wonderful, rich flavor from the kimchi, mm-hmm. the juicy roast chicken, the creamy, buttery, smashed potatoes, and a bitter green like watercress. So you could use baby arugula on top just to bring it all together. Mm. Oh, that sounds really good yeah, right about a, now. Great dish. Five o'clock somewhere for a cocktail and <laughs> roast chicken with kimchi smashed potatoes for dinner. You'll find all these recipes once again as we're always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. We hope to inspire you to live better, not only eat better on this show. And one of uh, the, I think, one of the greatest and, and most delicious places in Southern California where we broadcast live from is the Montage Hotel in Beverly Hills. It happens to house Scarpetta Restaurant, the restaurant of my dear friend Scott Conant, who I adore, who makes spaghetti like no one else on the planet. And with April being Earth Month, they at the Montage Beverly Hills are holding an e-waste drive. And so we were hoping that it would inspire you to do something good, to make a difference, an opportunity to get rid of any old electronics in an environmentally safe manner is being offered to you by stopping by the Montage Beverly Hills anytime this coming Thursday or Friday. You can bring your obsolete electronics, and they're going to get rid of your drunk, your junk safely and easily. And this mm-hmm. is everything from paper shredders and copy machines to old, uh, you know, routers and batteries and all that good stuff. And, you know, they're 
there are so many great people and places that are making a difference for Earth Day. Please do something to make a difference for the planet. This month is your opportunity, and we're almost just about halfway through. So what have you done to honor Earth Month? We would love to know, in fact, and if you're making a difference, let us know how we can support and help. You can always email us live at chefjamie.com. You can also be a true culinary winner. We'd love to send you tickets to Billy Elliot. We will send you, in fact, to Sagerstrom Center for the Arts in Costa Mesa, Orange County, California, for the upcoming sneak preview and release of the performance of Billy Elliot. This is a big deal. The winner of the 10, uh, 10 2009 Tony Awards is coming to Orange County, and you could win tickets to Billy Elliot. This is all you do. And by the way, Segerstrom Center for the Arts is a proud partner of ours, and we are proud to partner with them. We're looking for your most unique fish and chips recipe. So... All you have to do, you have until next Friday, the 19th of April. You just send us your best fish and chips recipe, and we'll make sure your name's on the list. You'll have two tickets to Segerstrom Center for the Arts, Billy Elliot, the Broadway musical. Write to us. Email us your fish and chips recipe live, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com, L-I-V-E at chefjamie.com. And then last but not least, we always like to share with you benefits and events that support philanthropy and, of course, always uh, food-associated ones for food and wine lovers. And the winery, restaurant, and bar, uh, Chef Yvonne Getz, is presenting its fifth annual Sunday in the Vineyard fundraiser, and it's going on at the Marconi Automotive Museum in Tustin, here in California. And if you are a car fan or a wine fan, then this is the event for you. It's coming up on Sunday, April 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. And it's a wine tasting with more than 100 wines, many of them from rare, unique boutique wineries. And it's going to be held alongside a collection of rare automobiles. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. You will find Lana and I there. We're looking forward to supporting. You can learn more at the winerystaurant.net. And then, of course, please don't forget to consider your annual vacation with us this year. We are cruising once again, and we hope that you will join us. Because did you know that Oceana's marina ship, in fact, the entire line, the fleet of Oceana cruise ships, was just rated the best food at sea in this month's prestigious Condé Nast Traveler Reader's Poll. So attention, attention foodies, it's the best food afloat. It is, and we stand behind that. There was not one bad do. meal that we ever had. Uh, there wasn't one that wasn't fantastic, mm. let me tell you. Uh, for more information or to book your stateroom with us, please come join us as we travel beginning September 3rd to tour the Baltics. This is an extraordinary opportunity to appreciate and learn and explore the history and the art of everything from Copenhagen, Denmark, all the way to Stockholm, Sweden, with stops in St. Petersburg and Estonia in between. It is really set to be a, an extraordinary and adventurous trip of a lifetime. And we hope that you will join us and come cruise the Baltics with us. Plus, there are two private culinary excursions. You will be with me and Chef Catherine Kelly of Bon Appetit, the Culinary Center. And I, I don't think there'll be anything more delicious than those two days. Just think caviar and vodka. Oh, there you go. I'm in. (laughs) You can learn more at chefjamie.com or foodandwinetrails.com. We hope that we've started off your morning deliciously. Stay tuned. There's more fabulous food in your radio right after this.
Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. You found thirst-quenching and delicious conversation. Wouldn't it be great if you could brew your own beer at home, just like your favorite craft brewery? You can be a brewmaster, and your beer destiny could lie in your own hands. This brewmaster and our resident beer expert started learning his craft just that way, by brewing beer at home, in fact. Victor Novak is the award-winning brewmaster for Taps Fish House and Brewery in Brea and Corona, California, and the Catch Restaurant in Anaheim. And he brews more than 3,600 kegs on an annual basis. So when so many of you asked for tips to brew beer at home, we knew just the expert to ask for help. Victor Novak joins us live this morning, and we're so glad to have you back. Good morning, Brewmaster. Good morning, ladies. How are you? (laughs) Good morning. Victor, we're doing well, thank you, and we hope you are too. Uh, talk to us if you would, because we have received so many questions and information from food, beer, and wine lovers alike about really perfecting the craft at home. And your repertoire now includes, I don't know, 35 classic styles. Um, but what did you brew as a beginner? The reason I got into home brewing was to replicate Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Because I was living in Philadelphia. I grew up in California, but ended up in Philadelphia. And, I, and my girlfriend and I at the time could not get Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and in Pennsylvania <laughs> at that time. So, yeah, we wanted it. She got me a homebrew kit for Christmas back in 92 to basically replicate wow. that beer so we could have it all the time. And so you made it. If you can't find it, if you build it, he will come, right? I understand that there is similar to, like, the book club I'm a part of. Lana and I were reading an article about a beer club. So those that are brewing at home are getting together to share stories and compare notes and recipes? Yeah. That's super cool. It's fantastic. It's a great way because it's really intimidating in the beginning. You look at all the science and the book I recommend for everyone is Charlie Papazian's Complete Joy of Home Brewing. There are several out there, but to me, that's still kind of the Bible takes you from day one to what I'm doing today. And it just is so good about explaining things in very, in a very simple terms. And, um, you know, his whole little phrase is relax and have a, uh, I think relax and uh, have a home brew. <laughs> you know, just relax. Don't take it too seriously. You want to, you know, be detail oriented, but, if you drop a hose, you basically spray it with some rubbing alcohol and sanitize it again and start over. You don't have to freak out that you know your beer is not going to turn out well if you make one little mistake. Everybody makes little mistakes, but uh, if you have good brewing practice, um, then everything should turn out fine. At least be drinkable, and you learn as you go. We call that research. That's mm-hmm. why we open yeah, another I, bottle of wine to taste it. Not a bad job. <laughs> not a bad job. <laughs> And now we had Brian write in about bottom fermenting yeast. It's an odd term, top fermenting yeast and bottom fermenting yeast. And essentially what that refers to, bottom fermenting would be for lagers, top fermenting yeast would be for ales. But it's kind of a misnomer in that it's implying that the fermentation is going on from the bottom of the tank for a lager up and for ales from the top down. But all the fermentation is really going on in solution Lager yeasts are heavier. They fall to the bottom more quickly. And ale yeast with the CO2 rising up to the top, they, they kind of uh, rise to the top and create a Croissant layer. But eventually that ale yeast will fall to the bottom as well, which is how we harvest the yeast to brew another batch. Um, a better term would be ales are warmer fermenting, generally room temperature 68 to 70 degrees, and lagers are cooler fermenting more about 48 to 50 degrees in that range. Mm. And also, uh, we have another question in regard to pairing a whole meal with different beers. 
Uh, if you go dish by dish, do you want to start with a light beer and go towards the darker beers? Sure. You don't want to blow your palate out. I mean, it'd be great to start with, you know, impress your guests with a, a bourbon barrel aged imperial Russian stout and then, you know, try to recover from there. But you're just like I tell people that I, I make a lot of wine analogies because almost intuitively we understand wine more and we've taken more maybe uh, tours of wineries and, and uh, fewer people take uh, tours of breweries. But yeah, you want to drink beer in many ways, at least in terms of tasting and, and uh, pairing lightest to darkest almost, just because, again, you don't want to blow your palate out. So start out with something like a, a cream ale or a pilsner, something lighter, and then maybe move into, you know, that kind of be your Chardonnay course uh, uh, wine. Oh, and then maybe I like something, that. Yeah, yeah, salad course, you can maybe do uh, a Saison or um, a Belgian white or a Hefeweizen would, would go great with that as well, and then move into something like a beer de garde or... Uh, an Irish red, and then, um, you know, if you're doing pork, I might do something like an Oktoberfest, uh, maybe even a Doppelbach, and then finish off. You know, it, it sounds odd to pair beer with dessert, but they go great, because what do you normally have with dessert? You have coffee. So something like a German Schwartz beer or a porter uh, or some other beers that are actually brewed with chocolate would be nice and pair that with a chocolate tort, or if you want to go a little lighter, um, you know, cheesecake or something like that. Okay, we're sitting down to eat again soon. It's been way too long after that list of pairings. Are you still making your coffee porter? Yeah, uh, we do a couple, actually a few different coffee beers. So the one I think it's kind of the biggest hit uh, is called the Imperial Balinese Stout. Yes. Where we use the Imperial Russian Stout and we steep it with Balinese coffee we get over at Portola mm. Coffee Lab. Mm. And that for about three, four days and it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, mm. by the way, I thought that was dessert. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, it's 9% it's... and the sort of the richness of it is so delicious. A bit more residual sweetness. Yeah, it's, and with the Imperial Stout has more of a chocolatey flavor in and of itself. It's mm. fantastic. Absolutely. There's so much to learn. It really is about uh, buying the book and starting to really understand the process of brewing beer at home. We encourage you to continue to send your questions so that we can pass them along to our resident brewmaster, Victor Novak, and we'll answer them on the air. And we'll, of course, try to answer you directly as well to assist you uh, along the way as you continue to brew beer at home. Or you could always go to TAPS and uh, take it to go, which I happen to love. Mm -hmm. uh, Taps in Brea or Corona and the Catch in Anaheim actually allow you to enjoy Victor Novak's beers at home, uh, or you could sit down at the bar, order a few oysters, and have your own private little party. Mm. Uh, but I will mention as well that um, I will hope to see you, as will Lana, because if you're truly looking to perfect your knowledge of beer, TAPS is hosting a craft brew festival coming up um, just a couple of Saturdays from now. In fact, Saturday, April 27th, um, in Orange County at TAPS Brea from noon to 3. Uh, just give us uh, the quick lowdown, Victor. Oh, real quick, yeah. It's actually going to be a really nice festival. The first one we've had... Uh that we're having in Brea. We've had two previously in Corona. We've had 35 breweries coming in addition to ourselves, which is pretty amazing. From noon to three, uh, we've got uh, chefs are uh, creating a great little spread, six different food stations, street food from different areas around the world. Uh, it's $50 inclusive, so you get the food, you get 15 drink tickets, uh, four-ounce pours. It's really going to be a great time. We even have a live band, so it's going to be a blast. I understand, too, that you're offering some uh, private coaching and expertise as well. Absolutely. I mean, we encourage people as they homebrew to, you know, come in, talk to us. I mean, that's how I got started was, um, you know, bringing my beer into a, a place that I enjoyed, and the brewmaster took the time to taste it. 
and uh, and give me some advice on what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, give us a little heads up, maybe a phone call or something. But I'd love for people to bring their beer in in a bottle, and we could sit down and taste it and say, okay, you know, you might want to work on your sanitizing, or boy, you really nailed this. Your dry hopping is great, and we'll give them. Um, some honest advice. You have to be open to, you know, uh, constructive criticism, but it's only going to make you a better brewer. And, uh, yeah, I love passing along the knowledge mm-hmm. because it's just going to make for better beer. If they turn professional, then when they open up their own place, they're going to be putting out better beer. That's <laughs> pretty fabulous. I think you make a very brilliant beer coach. And part of the proceeds exciting. are benefiting the Boys and Girls Club of Brea, Placentia, Yorba Linda, I love that the Chaps family always gives back, and I can't wait to drink your beers. I will be at your table first, Victor. You know where our loyalty stands. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> always a pleasure. Thank you for sharing Thank your passion you. uh, from the ground up, of course. He is the award-winning brewmaster of Taps, Brea, and Corona, and the Catch in Anaheim, California. And you can learn more about the upcoming event at tapsfishhouse.com. The delicious conversation continues right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. You're listening to KFWB News Talk 980. You heard it here first. Entrepreneurship, culinary innovation. Oh, how we love great ideas. Two great entrepreneurs, in fact, green entrepreneurs who believe in sustainability, who, in fact, were uh, just months away from graduating at UC Berkeley, decided to take on coffee waste. They developed an easy grow-at-home mushroom kit grown on 100% recycled coffee grounds. And the story has been a great success. It's grown into future, bigger, more incredible creations as well. And we are delighted to share with you the innovation and culinary creations of a company called Back to the Roots for the first time here in your radio. You are going to hear a lot more about Nikhil Aurora and his partner Alejandro Velez. And Nikhil joins us to share the story. Good morning to you, Nikhil. Good morning. Thanks Good for having morning. me on. Yes, a pleasure, of course. It was a pleasure to meet you recently, in fact, at the Natural Products Expo. Great innovation, really unique products, I think, that show the blooming creation and creativity of this world that we love of food. And I know you're a foodie, too, because we've had some time to get to know one another. But your story with Alejandro is really something incredible. You were heading into the corporate world of investment banking. Tell us how it all went down. That's right. So it, was, it was actually a few years ago during our last semester at UC Berkeley. And Alex and I were both seniors and just a couple months away from graduation, actually. And I think like three or four months before, it was February of, um, of 09, and we're sitting in a business ethics class, and Alex actually had an offer at that time to go into investment banking. I had an offer to go into consulting here in San Francisco. We both kind of thought we knew what we were doing. And we're sitting in that class, but a 150-person class, and we hear a professor bring up this fact that you could potentially grow gourmet mushrooms on entirely recycled coffee grounds. And it was just a lecture about sustainability. He brought this one fact he'd read in a textbook, and something about that one idea it struck both of us, and we didn't even know each other at the time, but... It was like a 150-person class, and we were the two kids who reached out to the professor afterwards, like, hey, it's kind of cool. Do you have any more information? And it was like, honestly, I have no idea what this, this other kid asked me about, too. So that's how we linked up for the first time and kind of first came across this idea. 
It's pretty amazing to me. Uh, there was some initial interest we know from the one test bucket of oyster mushrooms that you and Alex started using the recycled coffee grounds as the soil. Whole Foods and Chez Panisse, along with a grant from the UC Berkeley Chancellor for Social Innovation, started your business. That's right. We ended up falling in love with the idea. I turned Alex's fraternity in a mini science experiment and planted some test buckets before spring break and ended up going one of those buckets and took that around with us to, to Chez Panisse and Berkeley and Berkeley Whole Foods. And it was just, it was so cool. We literally walked into these restaurants and into that store with this one you know, Ace Hardware paint bucket of mushrooms having no clue what we were getting ourselves into, but just like, this is really cool. We want to see if we can get some support and ended up getting, uh, the chef at Chip to try it out. And he was like, oh my God, these are delicious. And took you to Whole Foods that same day that got their produce team, just walked in there and they got really excited and, um, ended up applying for a small social innovation grant from our chancellor and got 5,000 bucks. And it was like maybe two weeks before graduation. I remember Alex and I were sitting right above our campus and we were just talking about this, you know, what we had just done and, we were like, shoot, you know, we, are we doing this? And we decided, you know what, we got mushrooms that taste good, some hope of demand from Whole Foods, 5K in our pockets, you know, forget investment banking, forget consulting, full-time mushroom farming it is, and decided to dive into it. The company's grown from a handful of employees to over 30 employees. You were honored recently with an Impact 100 award from the White House that recognized Nikhil's company called Back to the Roots. And you can grow fresh food right on your kitchen counter. You buy the Grow Your Own Mushrooms kit. It's sort of like a cardboard upright box, and it comes with a packet within of what looks like white grainy soil. Tell us how the process elevates. That's right. So you get the little brown box, and inside is all the kind of mushroom roots ready to go, and you can last in the box for months. Whenever you're ready, just open that front panel up and mist it twice a day, and it's that combination of fresh air and humidity. It kind of like mimics after the rains. You see a lot of mushrooms pop up, and mm-hmm. if you put it in like a little micro-environment, this little box, mm-hmm. and within 10 days you get this massive crop of uh, delicious oyster mushrooms like right out of the box, and it can be right in your kitchen counter, you know, your kid's classroom. We see a lot of amazing feedback from like families and kids doing it because you tell kids, like, you know, go tomatoes in 90 days, it can be a lifetime, and we're like, we're trying to create really cool and easy experiences to get people, you know, excited about going food where like you don't need a big backyard or green thumb and um, that's kind of what we're trying to do with this mushroom kit and it's, it's been fun kind of getting it out there is pete's coffee still saving coffee grounds for you yeah and we actually have gone through a big transition recently where we've actually gone from just coffee grounds to using other types of waste now too so we figured out that the waste from rice farms corn cobs and even uh sawdust you can, you can pick it up from lumber farms is an amazing soil as well for the mushrooms they can even grow better on them so we're actually going through a transition right now just from coffee grounds to these other types of kind of agricultural waste streams as well. So it's been a cool learning experience for us, like seeing what else we can grow these kits on. But it's all totally organic. From a chef's perspective, Nikhil, I'd love to know when the lobster mushrooms, the chanterelles, <laughs> uh, the shiitakes are coming. Is there an opportunity to grow more than just oyster there mushrooms? There is. We're actually working on uh, shiitake and trumpet mushrooms for this fourth quarter, which we're really and excited trumpet. about. Trumpet. How cool. And then, okay, talk to us, because it's not just mushrooms anymore. We had an opportunity to meet you as we passed by your display at the Natural Products Expo, where we saw a fish tank, some growing herbs. With a fish. With That's right, with a fish. (laughs) And the idea of aquaponics at home, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that, uh, this, it's our second product. We're actually launching it in about a month or so. Getting really excited. This like late spring, early summer, and it's a, a fish tank 
that actually grows food up top. And we the system called aquaponics. We visited this farm in Milwaukee. Actually, had this big aquaponics farm where they have a huge fish tank, and they're taking the fish waste in that water, and upcycling it to help fertilize some plants up top, like different types of herbs and spinach and lettuce. And the plants until we're cleaning the water out. And we just fell in love with this system. Like that's so cool. It's kind of like another way of turning waste into food. And we're like, can we do what we did with the mushroom kit, taking a big bulky mushroom farm and shrinking it down to like a tabletop experience for a family and do that with aquaponics. And we designed this small three-gallon fish tank where you can put like a beta fish, a couple other small fish in there, and all that, the water gets upcycled and you can have a beautiful like herb garden up top. And basically like a self-cleaning tank because the plants are constantly cleaning the water out for you. So it's a really cool little symbiotic kind of closed-loop ecosystem on your kitchen counter, and we're really excited to launch it this year pretty soon. I love what you said. It's a symbiotic, environmental, sustainable relationship, essentially. And that's what Back to the Roots is all about. I think the mushroom kit is cooler than anything. The aquaponics (laughs) takes it over the top. And we love that you and Alex uh, have spoken about sustainability at TED, of which we are great fans. I think your efforts are pretty incredible to definitely mention as well. In 2012, you collected, diverted, and reused 3.6 million pounds of coffee grounds. Mm. In 2011, you helped families grow over 135,000 pounds of fresh food at home. Ten urban school and community gardens have been donated by Back to the Roots Premium Soil Amendment. And I think it's pretty amazing that we are going back to our roots and being given an opportunity from genius UC Berkeley students (laughs) to bring food home in a whole new sense. And Uh, we are very excited about what is yet to come. You are the cutting edge of mm -hmm. what is going on in food. Your future is unlimited. Yes. Thank you so much. The future is great. What is in the future? Can you give us some exciting ideas or just a sneak peek into what else you and Alex are dreaming about? Sure. I mean, so I think it's been such a cool transition recently. You know, we started off just being this big bulk mushroom farm, and we've transitioned now to this kind of product development company around, like, how can we connect people to food? So, I mean, our dream eventually is, like, how can we do what, like, Apple did for technology of taking gadgets from this, like, geeky, nerdy stereotype to really mainstream and cool through, like, beautiful design and ease of use. And, like, we still feel like in some way the whole grow-to-home food movement is still kind of stuck in, like, this, Berkeley or hippie stereotyping where like it's, everyone wants to connect with the food and can we do the same thing like bringing beautiful design and ease of use to the space kind of be that company for for food and you know have a, a handful of pies that can really inspire people and be platforms to kind of throw stuff on so that's the worst time look at a company now you know it, it went from just us mushroom farming and now like turning into a product development company around sustainability and mm. food and design you know oh, yeah. all of, all about mm. being green and sustainability yeah. which is definitely the future for food for all of us mm. could we give a couple of your kits away on facebook i would love to share what you're doing and pictures of our own mushroom harvesting nickel oh, on my facebook to. page thank you i'm going to send everybody to my facebook fan page at chef jamie gwen i'm going to link you directly to back to the roots on facebook and twitter and we're going to give away a couple of nickels mushroom kits to grow your own at home for the rest of the tens of thousands of millions of you that can't wait to (laughs) saute oyster mushrooms put them in your morning frittata throw them on the barbecue in a perforated pan and serve them with a steak you can find the grow your own mushroom kit from back to the roots at whole foods stores across the country and you can learn more at backtotheroots.com grow fresh food right on your kitchen counter It is the creation of 
Nikhil Aurora and Alex Velez, and there are great things to come. Nikhil, it was a pleasure. We look forward to seeing your newest innovations. Uh, thank you so much for your support. It really, yes. it really means a lot to us. Thank Definitely. You. Thank As you. As the delicious conversation continues, this is your culinary playground every Sunday morning. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back. This is your culinary playground every Sunday. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio as the delicious conversation continues. Now this guy can eat. On the enormously popular cooking channel television show called Eat Street, you watch host James Cunningham take you on the ultimate cross-country culinary road trip. And now you can actually make over 125 of the most over-the-top culinary creations from the hottest food trucks that North America has to offer. We are fans and love that we can cook from Portland, San Francisco, Washington, New York, and L.A.'s best food trucks in the new cookbook just released called Eat Street, companion to the hit TV show. He is James Cunningham, and he joins us live. The new season premieres this Tuesday, April 16th, and we're delighted to have you for the first time on the show. Good morning, James. Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me on, and I'm <laughs> thrilled. I'm thrilled. The tastiest, messiest, and most irresistible food trucks. So you're fans. That's great. We're definitely great fans, fans, because I think that there's something absolutely novel about the fact that you can see, as you write in your introduction, very entrepreneurial chefs that are going out and spreading the gospel totally mobile, on wheels, and the food is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we trace what we call the food truck revolution back to around 2007, 2008, with the downturn in the U.S. economy. What happened, unfortunately, was a lot of uh, higher-end chefs found themselves out of work. So, you know, I, it's very expensive to open a restaurant, so a lot of them scraped together a couple thousand dollars and started opening up their own food trucks, leasing their food trucks, opening their food trucks. And they, you know, they're their own bosses. They could do whatever they wanted. So suddenly they said, you know, hang on. Now's a chance to do the food I've always wanted to do and bring people my style of cooking. So this explosion of fusion and gourmet just started to come out of the windows of food trucks from Los Angeles. I mean, you guys, oh, you're so spoiled up there in California. Such great trucks. But from uh, major population centers, it started from, I mean, New York, Los Angeles, Dallas, Texas, Miami, some great trucks. But now it's just been spreading all over North America. And it's hard to find a city or a uh, municipality that doesn't have its own gourmet food truck now. There's something about a food truck experience. You're standing in line. You're out there in the elements. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. day. The sun is shining. You know, That's you're right. talking to other people about what they're having and what you had last time. And it's a it's a whole experience. It's just fantastic. Mm, okay. I, I love lines. There's a sociability <laughs> to them. I was taught as a little girl, she would say to me, go get in the line. And I remember saying, What's the line for? And she would say, it doesn't matter if it's a line. It must be good. If people are getting in line, go get in the line. That's right. There's something good at the end waiting for you. That's exactly. right. So get in the line. Okay, so take us on a virtual tour from the line all the way to the front and center of the truck. And let's start with fried goodness. I love how the book is laid out. We tried to make sure that we had good representation. Now, yes. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not much of a chef myself. And I say that in the first very opening sentence of the book. But I am a phenomenal. In fact, I would say stellar eater. So <laughs> stellar I really eater. Enjoy, I, I enjoy <laughs> eating. So we tried to make sure that we had a good representation of many types of styles. Your more savvy listeners will appreciate. There are some dishes that are a little more difficult, but the vast majority of them tend to be very simple. And, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that the flavors and the appreciation came across. I can make most of the recipes in the book. So if I can do it, let me tell you. Then you know, we I'm can, too. 
So take yeah. us to Portland, Oregon. I love the name oh, Euro Trash Food Cart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there's a chef. He was traveling in Europe for several years and just fell in love with the cuisine and came back and just started to do his own Euro version of his own street food, and it's just fantastic. Portland on its own is really, I would say, one of the two meccas of food truck utopia in North America right now. Between mm. Austin, Texas, and Portland, Oregon, you're going to find just the most incredible food truck experiences. In fact, a lot of people are now planning vacations around food trucks. That's what we're finding happening quite often because you can be in Austin, Texas, and in Portland, Oregon, and you'll be there for a week and never run out of a new truck to try. See, I think that's brilliant. And I can't wait to make trashy chorizo and chips with foie gras. Thank oh, you, yes. Euro Trash Food Cart. Take us to New Orleans. I trained in New Orleans, oh, Louisiana. Oh, I, oh, New Orleans, the Dragos Charbroiled Oysters. Yes, that's the charbroiled gentlemen. oysters that no one can live without. Oh. You can't. I mean, it's just, it was delicious. Dragos took the bull by the horns and really did something unique. He converted an entire fire engine into this food truck masterpiece, like all of the pipes, they pump beer and alcohol. Isn't and, that um, amazing? Oh, yeah, no, really great guy. I mean, just so passionate about it. And then he broiled his oysters on the back of his truck on his grill. Oh, my God, just, just absolutely so delicious. Okay. But, again, we've got your seafood. We've got a little bit of everything. We've even got vegan dishes in the book. We've got some juices. We've got salads. We've got soups. What do you think of the pictures? Oh, you know, I have to say, the food is so beautifully vibrant, and I love that you capture the outdoor sort of sunshine, you know, bright, airy look of the food, because I think it shows very well when you're eating it out of a paper container in your hand Absolutely. with the sun shining. And, and I think that the visuals in the book really represent that. In fact, Manja Manja Mobile in San Diego, oh, in California, San Diego. yeah, that's in our backyard, yes. makes an Italian lollipop. I wanted to lick the page. <laughs> and you know what? If you do, this is the thing. We spend a lot of money on the book. There's actually flavor crystals in all those photos. Oh, there are not. The <laughs> okay, there's not. There's not. But if that was true, wouldn't that be amazing? Next book. <laughs> that's my idea. You can't have it. Talk Great about idea. added but value. We love it, James. You know, Marco and Enzo, the manja manja truck. That is, I think I said in the intro, that's one of the dishes we came across that literally wanted to make me install a commercial deep fryer in my kitchen. It yeah. was just so delicious. Leave us with this. In L.A., where we are based here in Southern California, Slapfish, the food truck, makes a crab and brie grilled cheese that looks out of this it. world. Mm. Yeah. When I came across that, that was just delicious. I mean, the cheese is mixing with the crab into a grill. I mean, that's oh. just that's just pure luxury. It's great. I always think that the Cuban food in Miami looks so exciting. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I want to be standing mm-hmm. right by the truck with James. Mm-hmm. And well, this... you know what? I think what that calls that calls for a food and wine with Chef Jamie tour. What do you think? Oh, I'm think so in. What an incredible we invite. We can't wait to see you continue to tour across the country and bring us the best from the food trucks. James, and we thank you. You can actually bring the curbside experience to your own kitchen. James Cunningham's Eat Street Cookbook, the companion to the hit TV show, which the new series, by the way, starts this Tuesday, April 16th. And by the way, this is a weighty book, Mm. over 125 recipes so that you can create irresistible street food from all around the U.S. and abroad. James, 290 pages. Love that. Yes, Mm. yes, we packed it full. We also have a free app at the iTunes store. It's downloadable. It's the Eat Street app. Download it to your smartphones. You can find exactly where the street food trucks are are directly in your vicinity. Oh, that's brilliant. Super cool. Thank you so much. I'm going to take you up on your offer. We're going to find you somewhere on tour. I can't wait to eat with you. (laughs) 
sounds good. It's a date. It's a date. We love your funny side and truly love watching you host Eat Street. He's James Cunningham, and the new book is out now. Always a pleasure, James. Please come back soon. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. Have a good day. Thank you. He's really a hoot. It was really fun to catch up with James, and we hope that you'll tune in because food trucks are no doubt more popular than ever. And we hope that we've inspired you to cook new things this week, that this hour has allowed you to sharpen your cooking skills. Here's our last bite. It is Meatless Monday tomorrow, as is every Monday. One day a week, if you cut out meat, it's good for you, it's good for the planet. New statistics, in fact, for the Food and Drug Administration have proven that going meatless once a week may reduce your risk of chronic preventable conditions like cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and obesity. It can also help reduce your carbon footprint, and it saves precious resources like fresh water and fossil fuel, we know. So make tomorrow meatless. For a Meatless Monday-inspired recipe, consider a Meatless Monday pizza. We take a pizza crust, whether you make it yourself, buy the dough, throw it on the grill after you've stretched it out and brush it with good olive oil, spread olive tepanade over the crust, then add sautéed sliced portobello mushrooms, or better yet, grow your own right out of the box, as you heard of, from back to the roots. You have to see our mushrooms growing out of the box right here in studio. Place a mound of arugula on top of those sautéed mushrooms and tepanade spread pizza crust, and then totally douse it in Parmesan cheese and throw it back in the oven or on top of the grill just until the cheese starts to melt. And you have what is the ultimate mushroom salad on top of a pizza with the umami of the olives, a good drizzle of good quality olive oil. I'm so in. I'd like to make a quick mention and let you know that a dear friend of this radio program has passed away, Gary Lichen, who's four decades as a radio columnist for the Orange County Register, which made him one of the preeminent experts on the past and present of Southern California's airwaves, has passed away. He was a great friend and a wonderful mentor, and he honored this show every week with compliments. Uh, he was uh, a radio guy like no other. And, Gary, you will be very sorely missed. We hope you'll tune in next Sunday when the delicious conversation continues. Great lineup next Sunday. In fact, Chef Michael Romano of the Danny Meyer Restaurant Group has written a cookbook of all the recipes they feed to the staff. Oh, it's so great. You'll want to sit down at the family table. Plus, Tana Amen, uh, of course, Dr. Amen's wife and sidekick, I will say, has created an Omni Diet that is plant and protein based you'll want to hear about. She's joining us live. And Bertha Gonzalez of Casa Dragones Tequila, the newest sipping tequila on the market, is teaching you how to taste. You wouldn't miss the delicious conversation, right? We'll be here next Sunday in your radio beginning at 8 a.m. And until then, check out ChefJamie.com and find me on Facebook at Chef Jamie Gwen so we can continue to dish all week on the best of the world of fabulous food. On behalf of Lana, I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. We thank you for listening. We wish you a great week, and we hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.